Welcome to the Learning Scientist Podcast, a podcast for teachers, students, and parents about evidence-based practice and learning. The Learning Scientist Podcast is funded by the Wellcome Trust. Hi, I'm Dr. Megan Samaraki, and this is a bite-sized research episode of the Learning Scientist Podcast, where we briefly describe research findings on a specific topic. Earlier this month, Yana and I talked about concrete examples, and specifically, we talked about the need for multiple concrete examples, and this really helps the students to get past the surface details to understand the underlying idea. So today, I'm going to share some research that really demonstrates the need for multiple examples. So if you haven't listened to the podcast about concrete examples from earlier this month, you might want to go back to listen to that episode before listening to this episode. So I'm going to be sharing research from Jick and Holyoke, one experiment from their 1980 paper, and then another handful of experiments from their 1983 paper. In the 1980 paper, Jick and Holyoke had students read a series of stories, and specifically, one of the stories involved a general trying to take over a fortress. The story went like this. A small country was ruled from a strong fortress by a dictator. The fortress was situated in the middle of the country, surrounded by farms and villages. Many roads led to the fortress through the countryside. A rebel general vowed to capture the fortress. The general knew that an attack by his entire army would capture the fortress. He gathered his army at the head of one of the roads, ready to launch a full-scale direct attack. However, the general then learned that the dictator had planted mines on each of the roads. The mines were set so that small bodies of men could pass over them safely since the dictator needed to move his own troops and workers to and from the fortress. However, any large force would detonate the mines. Not only would this blow up the road, but it would also destroy many neighboring villages. It seemed impossible to capture the fortress. However, the general devised a simple plan. He divided his army into small groups and dispatched each group to the head of a different road. When all was ready, he gave the signal and each group marched down a different road. Each group continued down its road to the fortress so that the entire army arrived together at the fortress at the same time. In this way, the general captured the fortress and overthrew the dictator. So the students studied this story along with a handful of other stories. And then a few minutes later, they were given a couple of problems to solve. And one of the problems was very similar to the fortress problem in terms of the underlying idea. So here's the problem. It's called the tumor problem. Suppose you are a doctor faced with a patient who has a malignant tumor in his stomach. To operate on the patient is impossible, but unless the tumor is destroyed, the patient will die. A kind of ray at a sufficiently high intensity can destroy the tumor. Unfortunately, at this intensity, the healthy tissue that the rays pass through on the way to the tumor will also be destroyed. At lower intensities, the rays are harmless to healthy tissue but will not affect the tumor. The question for the students to solve is, how can the rays be used to destroy the tumor without injuring healthy tissue? So hearing these two stories back to back and knowing that I'm talking about concrete examples and similar stories, you can probably see how you would use that general fortress story to solve the tumor problem. The general story involved a large force being separated into a series of smaller forces that all converge in the center. And so the solution to the tumor problem is quite similar. You take that large force and distribute it into a bunch of smaller forces that all converge in the center. 
This is sort of hard to articulate verbally. In the show notes, you can find a visual depiction of this idea using large arrows and small arrows to represent large and smaller forces. So the students have now been given this overall idea, along with a concrete example, the general problem. And what we're hoping is that they'll transfer that general solution to their current problem, the tumor problem. The question is, how many students are able to transfer? Well, unfortunately, not very many students are actually able to transfer in this situation, even though they're presented with these stories and the new problem in the same experimental context. When students were asked to spontaneously solve the tumor problem, in other words, they were just given the stories and asked to study them, and then given the tumor problem, only 20% of the students solved the tumor problem. This is a very low percentage. Only 20% of the students were able to take the concept from the general problem, abstract that underlying idea, and use it to solve the tumor problem. Now, when students were given a hint, they performed much better. So sometimes the students were told, in solving this problem, you may find that one of the stories you read before will give you a hint for a solution to this problem. And when the students are given a hint, now 92% are able to solve the tumor problem. So spontaneous transfer is very low, and a hint will help, but hints are not always practical. And so Jick and Holyoke did a lot of research in the 80s trying to get at this idea. And in the 1983 paper, they examined a lot of different ways that you could present students with these concrete examples to see if they then are able to transfer what they've learned from the concrete examples to new problems. And across a series of experiments, they found a lot of things did not work. So presenting students with the general problem and having them summarize the solution prior to being given the tumor problem doesn't increase transfer very much. Giving the students a verbal description of that underlying structure, so saying it's all about a large force being separated into smaller forces and having those forces converge, giving them that description doesn't really help a whole lot in terms of getting them to transfer. Even providing a diagram like the one you'll find in the show notes with a big arrow and then separating that into smaller arrows didn't help very much. What Chicken Holyoke found to be helpful was providing multiple examples, and specifically it was best when those multiple examples had different surface details. So like we talked about in the episode earlier this month, giving students examples that all involve ticket sales or giving students examples that all involve um, seats, either seats in a concert or seats on a plane, may not be best. But when you have a lot of concrete examples that provide a lot of different surface details, it becomes easier for the students to extract that underlying structure. So in one of their experiments in the, in the paper from 1983, subjects were told to study two stories carefully, the general problem and another problem that was quite similar called the fire chief. It was similar in terms of underlying structure, but very different in terms of surface details. And then the stories were taken away and the subjects were asked to briefly summarize each of the stories. And then they made some ratings. How comprehensible were the stories? Um, how were the stories similar to rate their overall similarity? And so on. And then the students were given the tumor problem. 
and they were asked to try to solve that problem and then they were given a hint if they couldn't solve it and said hey those stories from earlier on might help you solve this particular problem now many more students are able to spontaneously transfer so if they're given those two stories and the principle that underlying principle of the concrete examples is described 62 percent are actually able to solve the tumor problem before being given a hint which is really good because as teachers, we can't really follow our students around and constantly give them hints. Hints are not always feasible, and so we really want them to be able to spontaneously transfer what they're learning in the classroom to new problems in the future. And then after being given a hint, an additional 20% were able to solve the tumor problem, so a total of 82%. So transfer still isn't at 100%. Students are not always going to be able to take what they're learning in one context and apply it in a new context, even if they're relatively close in time, even if the underlying structure is relatively similar. But by providing multiple concrete examples that have that similar underlying idea, but different surface details, we're able to increase the number of students that are able to apply that underlying idea from a number of examples to a new problem in the future. So this has been a bite-sized research episode about concrete examples. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Doing this really helps others find our podcast so that they can learn about the science of learning too. Thanks for listening. The Learning Scientist Podcast is funded by The Wellcome Trust.